George Kilpatrick in space for the nation celebrating people we feel good about. We're so pleased to be joined by Navalette Pierce. She's the director of mental hygiene services. Uh, and that's the CCSI on behalf of the Onondaga County Department of Children and Family Services. So glad to see Navalette. Although I have to say, I've known Navalette for a long, long, long time. Long time, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, Navalette, well, first of all, the CCSI, what's, what, what does that piece mean? Uh, coordinated Care Service uh, Incorporated, they do um, a lot of the hiring and employment for the for the county um, Department of Social Services and Department of Children and Family Services. So some of the, they do some of the hiring. Um, they're stationed in Rochester, but uh, most of the, prog the programs that I work on behalf of are with so um one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is because you are you train people in something that I have not heard of in this community and I always like to find out when there are new things happening in the community and this is called mental health first aid and this is for lay people like me to be able to offer mental health support to folk in the community so talk tell me about this and how uh, this mental health first aid uh, came about? Do you give me a kit? Do I have to learn CPR? T talk to me. <laughs> uh, well, in, in your thinking, when you said, do I, do I have to learn CPR? And so it's kind of based in the same thing. When you think about first aid or say CPR, it is for lay people to be able to assist someone in a crisis, right? Or right. if they see something is happening um, and they wanna just keep it stable until they get connected to a professional. So when we think about mental health first aid, it's the same thing. It teaches lay people, community members to recognize when someone is having um, a mental health challenge, developing a mental health challenge or having a crisis around mental health. And it gives them some things that they can look for and some ways that they can interact and sometimes it means helping them connect to a professional, just like we do with first aid. Um, and, you know, you say new in this community, um, it is a national certified program. So it is offered in all 50 states. Um, we've been doing it here in um, our area uh, for about 10 years, a little over years. Um, and there's uh, different levels of the curriculum. So the adults who are assisting adults um, and then there are adults who are assisting young people, mm -hmm. uh, specifically concentrating on the adolescents, like 12 to 18. And then just recently, they came out with a teen, a teen version of the program saying, hey, even young people can even help each other out. Um, and it really concentrates on, hey, make sure that you listen to your teen, listen to your peer, and then connect them to an adult that cares. So yeah. that's mental health first aid is all about, you know, assisting people through through mental health and that you don't have to be a professional to do. You know, uh, so in the community, uh, we have heard and we've heard of, uh, uh, so I want to say a couple of teenagers recently uh, committing suicide. And so uh, something like this, what are the tools in this kit that might help us prevent yeah. a suicide, for example? Yeah, so it is a, a strictly suicide prevention uh, program, uh, but it is used towards suicide prevention. So it's actually right. on the SAMHSA list. Let's be clear, right, practices, right, yes. Yeah. Um, of, of helping to prevent suicide. And it's because we talk about that, you know, 
Suicide is out of nowhere. So you want to be able to start to recognize things early, um, especially with people. Uh, and this program teaches you that there are things that you can do to to intervene. Um, if you start to be able to notice things and what can you say? How to start that conversation? Um, and those are some steps that can be taken to help kind of uh, to, to prevent some suicides in our community. All right, so I I gotta be honest. I went on the website and I couldn't find who I was trying to help so that I could become trained because I ain't working with seniors. And I, I just <laughs> wanted to be able to help regular adult folks. And you regular adult I, folks, I could not find how to do that because I saw teens, how to I do saw that. workplace, I saw, you saw youth. yeah, I saw youth. <laughs> I was like, well, what about just or seniors? Now I don't know why I'm trying to act like I'm not one. And and <laughs> I was like, well, I want seniors. Oh, I'm a senior, but I don't want seniors. Yeah, no, but that's not what you're looking for. No. Right? It's just the, so, the, the original so, curriculum of, of just adults. Um, the reason you see those other like offshoots, you you'll see you might see veterans, right, you might see right. first responders. It it takes the regular um, first aid curriculum and says sometimes when you're working with a specific population you have to think about a few other things yeah. but yes all of those are based on the adult the regular and you can get just the regular adult class so we okay. do have um, helio health in our community offers the adult training mm -hmm. um, open to community members anyone who wants to attend um, and so it is it's an eight-hour course Mm -hmm. usually offered sometimes offered in one day sometimes offered over two days uh it's sometimes offered virtually or it can be offered in person uh and so uh healing health right now if you're looking for the adult curriculum is one way to get it and and why do you why would you encourage people to consider taking this in the benefit to our community if they do yeah because when you think about it everything we hear about health, you know, the same way you take CPR first aid, no one, no one says like, is this something I should take? I might need it one day. You are more likely to come into contact with someone who's having a mental health challenge than you are someone you're going to need to use your first aid or CPR with. It is, uh, um, affects, you know, in a, in a lifetime, it can affect one out of two, um, in, of U.S. adults. So, it is something that is common when we're thinking about mental health challenges, the whole gamut. Um, sometimes when people think mental health, they only think like the most severe, but we're teaching even as far as looking at, you know, starting to develop first signs of depression, starting to develop first signs of anxiety. What do you do when you come across someone who's having a panic attack? That might happen to you right at the airport. You know, right. people getting on that airplane for the first time, mm -hmm. right? So these are skills that you can use, um, that you can take with you. And you know what? Even if someone isn't developing a diagnosis, even if they're just having a challenge in their life, you can use the skills to be supportive to someone. Um, and so it's never going to hurt you to know these ways to, to be supportive. Um, I say it helps build community. It helps build neighbors. So. When people are going through the training, what are they most surprised about when they go through it? Um, sometimes it's that they don't know much about uh, disorders as they think <laughs> as they uh -huh. think they do. You uh -huh. know, sometimes we only hear what we hear on TV or in the news. Um, and so getting to know a little bit more about what uh, depression could look like, 
Um, so thinking about, you know, if we say depression isn't just what you see on those commercials, I'm so sad. You know, it might be I'm so irritable um, or it might be that I'm um, very angry. Uh, so just kind of learning a little bit about what the disorders look like, um, thinking about and practicing uh, having hard conversations with people, you know, because we we do a practice of asking, how do you ask someone if they're thinking about suicide? Uh, and so we, we we talk about that and what does that look like and what does that feel like? Um, so sometimes that throws, you know, people uh, back a little bit, but it's all good skills that we, you know, we want to feel comfortable with. Um, a lot of times people have taken the class and they come back, and especially if you do it over two sessions and people are like, I had conversations in between our two in the two classes, or I noticed that a young person was was saying things, and I I looked at it different than I would have looked at it before. You know, I might have thought that they were just acting up in class, and I wanted them in my class. Now I'm thinking there might be more going on with that, um, and so people like pick up new things to look at and pay attention to, and new ways to have conversations. It sounds to me like we have to have a little bit more grace and compassion and also be a little bit more trauma-informed, right? These are yes, skills definitely. that are so useful, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we talk about risk factors and trauma is one of the biggest risk factors. Um, and, you know, even thinking about, if we're talking about the small traumas and the, uh, you know, we talk about adverse childhood experiences and things that you've gone through and those things that can be trauma all the way up to the big traumas, like the things we're experiencing in the world uh, today. You know, so what do you think our, our young people are feeling about knowing about school shootings and being scared to go to school? So you're going to mm -hmm. see some mental health challenges that come up from that. Um, and so, yeah, we have to think about trauma as a risk factor, as well as uh, other things that are just happening in society. Um, I'm thinking that you probably can offer this to groups or, or people groups, especially I'm thinking like if you're in the church, you know, you know, there's like, or other groups that are involved in this work. Yeah. yeah. Yes. In, in, um, I've done it with, uh, with church groups. I uh, did it with a group of pastors. So it was, it was good. And, and it doesn't have to, um, the good thing with mental health first aid, it doesn't have to go against anything that you've already learned in your professional setting. It just says, Hey, here's some ways to listen. The steps of the action plan is about listening non-judgmentally. So how do we like put away some of those judgments that we typically have so that we can really hear what's going on with, with someone. We're talking um, not and so, yes, there's so many different groups <laughs> that, that, that can be helpful with, you know, right. To coaches, to, you know, to the community, to the religious community, um, to parents, parents is hard. Mm -hmm. um, we talk to parents because they don't want to, they're like, no, I don't want to hear that. Either they don't want to know that they're young, that they're a person that they care about. So just struggling in that way, or they think it's an indictment of their parenting um, in some way. And it's like, no, there's so many things that it can, can be caused by, but unless you can listen and not just talk to um, and talk at, uh, then you're not going to hear what's happening in that person's life. Yeah, um, I as I'm listening to you, I'm just thinking about how you know people access services and how to make sure that we understand that we're not the clinician, we're just right. someone who's identifying. And so, 
Yes. Language matters, right? Because even how yeah. how we talk about mental health, you know, we call people crazy. We call people off the, you oh, know, we yeah. use these sort of terms. We and, use very mental terms. <laughs> right, right. We use terms that are not flattering. I was, I'm, I'm think, I'm fresh off a call today. I was on a webinar. Uh, bar- I think the group was barrier-free li- living, but they just talked about, you know, uh, how do you offer this support? This is where I'm going with this, right? How do you offer this support mm-hmm. and also help? How do you offer the support and while the individual maintains their agency? That's what I want to say, because this is what came up, right? Because I may want to help, but I also need to also have a respect and a boundary. How do you navigate that? Yeah. Um, so we're never telling anyone what they, they should do. We're helping discuss options with them about what they what could be helpful to them. So that's yeah. that's one way that, you know, they're still taking their choices. We never take choice away just because it's mental health unless someone's a danger to themselves or another person. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you still have all your decision making that you have before. We also um, uh, want to tap into someone's strengths that they already have. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're going through something negative in their life, it's probably not the first time they've gone through something negative in their life. How'd you get through it before? Mm-hmm. Let's pull on the coping mechanisms that you've used in the past. Um, it's just that when you're in the middle of it, you can't think about, wait, I'm strong. I got through this before. <laughs> I got through something like this before. I have people in my life that support me. And so we kind of do some reminders of who's your support system. Mm-hmm. What are your internal things that you have going for you that you need to pull on that you can't think about right now? And that's how we help, you know, be another person. We're not the clinician. And sometimes we say, hmm, sounds like it might be something a little bit bigger than you. Do you know there's professionals that you might could talk to that could be helpful? And yeah. for us just knowing, you know, what those resources could be and saying, hey, giving someone a little nudge towards that, they're, someone's more likely to get help if someone who's close to them suggested than if someone, a stranger, you know, suggested or a doctor suggested. If, mm-hmm. a, if a loved one suggested, then they're like, oh, I'll think twice about it more than I would if someone else did. And so we say, have those conversations. Um, What was I thinking about? As I, I was listening to you and uh, another uh, question formed uh, that I just lost. So I guess I should, oh, I know what it was. <laughs> so mental hygiene services. So what is that exactly? <laughs> So mental hygiene is just kind of meant to um, meant to encompass more than, than the mental health because we have some different departments. So we have mental health, we have substance use, and we have developmental disabilities. And so mental hygiene is just umbrella um, term that says we're going to incorporate all of that, mental health, substance use, and developmental disabilities. I'm thinking, so here's my funny joke. Oh, so you're going to scrub my mind of all the impurities and negative thoughts. (laughs) What else uh, do you think we should know about mental health first aid and the availability of the training in this community and how people access it? Yeah. Um, So like I said, one of the the, um, easiest for general community members to get it is through Helio Health through their training department. Mm. Um, We are also working uh, directly with schools to get instructors in the schools so that they can work with school communities, their staff, their parents, uh, their 
other supports their teachers. Um, and so there are going to be multiple ways that you can do that through BOCES. We're, um, uh, our county is actually hosting a training for um, some of the schools have to say, hey, send someone from your district to be an instructor, and then they can come back out and train everyone in your, in your school, in your school district. Um, and so those are some of the ways. But for the general community right now, the easiest way is um, through Helio Health. Now, on the local website, the mentalhealthfirstaid.org, when I sent you the link to, yeah. um, there is a list of anyone who in the area who's trained as an instructor, but yeah. I don't think it's the most up-to-date list. That's one of the okay. things I've been in, in, kind of in contact with them. Like, how do we make sure that we have the up-to-date list? Because sometimes people just say, hey, we want someone to come in, into my organization and bring all the staff here, or come into my church and do an open training here. Um, and reaching out to someone who's uh, an instructor is another way that you can do that. And some listed on the mentalhealthfirstaid.org, but I am trying to find out ways that we can get a more updated list. All right. Navlet Pierce, Director of Mental Hygiene Services at Onondaga County for CCSI. CCC, we'll say C. Coordinated Care Services on behalf of Onondaga County. County Department of Children and Family Services. So good to see you. And um, I, I just recommend, I, I'm looking forward to, I'm going to inquire about whether I can take that training, not whether I can, but taking that training because I want to I want to be able to be helpful in our community. And I'm sure that yeah. uh, you're recommending others consider doing it as well. Yes, definitely. Navalet Pierce, thank you so much. Appreciate you. And again, People can go to mentalhealthfirstaid.org.